name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes to us so that we might have inside of us what He has as His eternal being. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in 1991, there was a a computer hardware company named Intel that did something that uh, no other computer hardware company had done up until that point. And Intel decided that what it was going to do was it was going to go on uh, something that, that uh, seemed sort of counterintuitive for their, their particular industry. And that was to engage in a radical marketing campaign not just to other businesses, but actually to consumers. And the whole idea behind Intel doing this was something that just didn't seem to make sense. Intel made computer parts. It did not make computers. Intel did not make, really, uh, motherboards. It made just one particular little piece of a computer that made it run, the real heart of what was deep down inside that computer. It was this computer chip. And so Intel decided, well, the best way for us to go about marketing this is to engage with our people, the people that we normally do business with, and ask them to put our label on their computers. And so, even to this day, if you have a PC, probably somewhere on that PC, you have a little sticker or something. When you boot up your computer, it will say, Intel inside. And the whole reason that Intel did that was that they knew that the way that they could secure the most business for themselves was to tell us the public who don't really understand how computers work most of the time and really don't understand what components are what, that Intel could tell us that if your computer is produced by Dell or if your computer is produced by Toshiba or if your computer is produced by Acer or if your computer is produced by anybody else, it doesn't matter that really what matters is that you have that little sticker on it that says there's Intel inside here. And unless you really get into looking at the specs on your computer, you probably don't even know what that Intel is inside there. But you just know that it's in there. And you know that, well, it's important that it's in there. Because, after all, Intel has to be inside my computer. If I get a computer and it doesn't tell me that Intel is inside that computer, well, it's kind of a crap computer. Well, in some ways, that's kind of how the Holy Spirit works in our lives, that we have this sort of understanding that the Holy Spirit is inside us, that um, somewhere on the outside of our computer mainframe, 
that we have a, a little sticker or something that nobody else can see, but except for God, that came with our baptisms or came with the, the way w- when God saved us. And this thing says, Holy Spirit inside. And we're kind of okay with it being that way. Because we know, okay, Holy Spirit inside, that's a good thing. If I have the Holy Spirit, that's fine. I don't need to know anything else. I don't need to know what that Holy Spirit is. I don't need to know about the rest of my life. I just need to know that there is Holy Spirit inside. And that's kind of what Paul is telling us in this little bit from 2 Corinthians. He's saying that whatever is the case with your mortal body, that deep down inside what really matters is that you have this spirit of faith. That is, according to the scriptures, this spirit of faith, that is the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that that is really what matters about your life. And that that is the thing that you should check up on most often. I just recently had my yearly physical. And... She checked my doctor for all sorts of different things. And I still have some outstanding blood work that I need to do. And they're going to check for all sorts of things. But one of the things that I don't think that they're going to be checking for is probably the most important thing according to what Paul has to tell us in 2 Corinthians. And that is, do I have this Holy Spirit thing? Because if I don't have this Holy Spirit thing, then when Jesus comes back and I raise up out of my tomb, or maybe he comes back before I am in my tomb and I'm just alive, if I don't have that Holy Spirit, things are not going to be good for me. I am not going to be raised into glory. Instead, there is going to be other things that happen to me. Because I also have something else inside of me, and we learned that in our Genesis reading. In our Genesis reading, we have the very first story of something that is not the computer chip that is deep down within me, but rather my operating system. And my operating system is original sin. It's a lot like Windows 8. It breaks down all over the place. And that's what original sin is. Original sin is this operating system that is very buggy. It's this way that I live my life, but it keeps on breaking down. And when it breaks down, I commit what we call an actual sin. Not that original sin is not actually a sin, but that actual sin is me acting out the bugginess of my operating system. And so if the Holy Spirit, if Jesus comes back and he doesn't see that I have the Holy Spirit inside me, well, then all he's going to see is my buggy operating system, at which point he says, you're not in my family. Because that's kind of what he's getting at in the gospel reading for this morning. When his family comes to him and they're a little bit worried about their boy Jesus. 
It's been a little while since they had to drag him out of the temple. And they maybe have forgotten a little bit about the angels that appeared to the shepherds and the magi that came and all of that. They're just kind of wondering, uh, Jesus seems to have kind of, well, maybe lost his mind. And so they're going to get him and see what's going on with him. And there are other religious officials that are accusing him of all sorts of things, including being possessed by Satan. Well, Jesus being a completely holy human being, a completely perfect human being, a person who has a much better operating system, or actually has the same operating system, but has found the patch, and is the patch himself, that Jesus looks at that accusation and he really, really doesn't like it. And he says this very disconcerting thing, this thing that I have had people ask me about before rather fearfully, this thing called blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And first of all, we have to kind of wrap our minds around, well, what is blasphemy? What on earth does that word mean? I mean, when I was a little kid, blasphemy sounded a lot like blast. And so I thought it was some kind of like space invaders thing. But in effect, it is taking God's name in vain. Now, now we hear taking God's name in vain, and we think about something that we might say when we hit our thumb with a hammer or when we're walking through a dark hallway at night and we stub our toe. But it's actually a bigger concept than that. The bigger concept of taking God's name in vain, the bigger concept of blasphemy, is this idea of using God's identity in a way that he doesn't want it to be used. It is much like a few months back, when somebody stole my identity and opened up a credit card at Macy's and bought $1,000 worth of pants. I have no idea who needs that many pants. But I did not. And I did not appreciate them using my identity in order to buy pants for themselves. That was blaspheming Jay Winters. And, and so what Jesus is saying to these people that are accusing him of being possessed by Satan is he's saying, well, you are actually saying something about God in that. You are saying something about what God has done and what God is doing right in this moment is he is sending you a savior. And for you to say that God sending you a savior and that savior then is possessed by the devil is blaspheming against what God is doing. It's blaspheming against the way that Jesus came into the world, which is that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. 
That's what we confess in our creeds, that Jesus is conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so when Jesus is saying, don't blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, what he is actually kind of talking about here is probably something to do with his identity. His identity that is directly connected to the Father and to the Holy Spirit. And that his existence before these scribes and these Pharisees is one that is there because of the Holy Spirit. And that what is inside Jesus is that Holy Spirit. And what is inside you as well, not by virtue of your conception, but by virtue of your baptism, a sort of different kind of conception, by virtue of your baptism, you have that Holy Spirit. If you are baptized, if you have belief in who God is, that you are then one who possesses the Holy Spirit, in a way that is not unlike how Jesus has the Holy Spirit. And so we get back to this kind of question of, well, what does the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit mean? And how do we stay away from this sin that is well, unforgivable? Well, really, it comes down to this. Don't reject that Holy Spirit at work in your life. Don't say about your own life, my life has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. Don't divorce you from him. I mean, it would be just as silly as taking that Intel chip from deep down within your computer and th saying that, well, it's okay, I don't really need this. I'll just yank it out. And then turning on your computer and seeing what happens, which would probably not be a whole lot of anything. We need that Holy Spirit in order to be God's people. We need that Holy Spirit in order to be raised at the last day. We need that Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit gives us worth. That Holy Spirit gives us being. That Holy Spirit gives us who we are. And so when Jesus says, don't blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, He's meaning... Don't reject that he's a part of your life. Jesus gets rather angry, actually, when somebody even alludes to the idea that the Holy Spirit might not be a part of his life. Take that kind of passionate response to the idea that you have that Holy Spirit living deep inside you. And you know that he is. If you have been baptized. 
you have that assurance that on that last day, when he comes, that all of the things that Paul is talking about, that this life is going to be, well, just something that seems like a tent, that that's going to be true for you as well. Because you have received God's spirit of faith. That you have received this spirit who gives you faith, who gives you trust, who gives you the ability to say, well, I know that that spirit is in me, even though I don't know anything about theology, the computer science of God. Even though I don't know anything about how this really comes down and how it works and why it works and all of that, I know that I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. And if I know that I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, I know that I can find out how all of that other stuff works. But I need the Holy Spirit inside of me. The Holy Spirit is the one that is going to fix my broken down operating system. The Holy Spirit is the one who is going to one day be the heart of who I am when I get rid of all of the rest of this hardware and God renews it and refurbishes it for eternity. That He will take His Holy Spirit and once again combine it with who I am so that I'm completely me but I have completely Him at the center of my being. That is the day that Paul is saying is incomparable in terms of its glory. That is the day that we wait for. But in the meantime, We know that we have that already inside of us, even in this. Amen.